Um, Joshua chapter 1, the whole of the chapter. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because I will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. And after that... You may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous.
Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word and we pray that this morning that you will speak to us through that word. That you will plant it in our hearts and our minds. And that you will make it grow and develop. We pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit you'll speak into our lives and into our situations and into our church. And that you will enable us to be strong and courageous for you in your strength and in your power. In Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. <clears throat> wanted to uh, begin this morning just by uh, saying thank you really to, uh, to all of you for the uh, welcome that you've given us and uh, for the hospitality uh, that you've shown us. Uh, it's really been great to be able to uh, just to spend a couple of weeks uh, settling in and uh, getting to know people and I really do want to thank you uh, for the welcome that you've given us because it's really been quite overwhelming. And, uh, <coughs> and thank you for the place where we live in, it's great. And uh, it's been really uh, nice to be able to wake up in the morning and, and look out and just uh, and see that wonderful view. And it's been a, a real place of rest for us in these last couple of weeks amongst all the, the turmoil of everything else that's been going on in our lives. So, you know, thanks for arranging such a, a great welcome and such a, a great place to stay. And, uh, and of course, thank you for yesterday because... Uh, Yesterday was just marvellous. It was, it was great. Everything just uh, just went really smoothly, and uh, it was great to see so many people here. And uh, it was just a great start, a way, great way to start our ministry here. So uh, we do thank you because I know a lot of hard work uh, went into yesterday with uh, the refreshments and laying out the room and uh, the invitations, and loads of people uh, took part and, and made yesterday uh, a really special day. Uh, that will remain with us for a long time. So I just want to start really just by saying thank you uh, for the welcome that you've given to us. It's been really great. In, uh, in this first chapter of the book of uh, Joshua, <clears throat> we find God speaking to the new leader of the people of Israel. Moses, who'd led the people... Uh, for a long, long time, had passed away. And uh, there was a new man now on the block. And whilst Moses had been a great and powerful leader of the people, uh, for the last 40 years the people had been wandering around the deserts, not getting very far. And we join the story in the new chapter in the life of the people of God. God speaking words of encouragement and words of challenge about the future as the people of God embark on a new path under a new leader. And it seemed an appropriate passage of scripture to turn to as uh, we as a church embark on a new stage of this journey with God. Because in this chapter, <clears throat> I think we discover uh, the secrets of our success. 
We're going to take a look at what God commanded Joshua to do in order to be successful. Because Joshua was going to be the man God chose to lead his people into the promised land. And the first thing I want to pick out of this chapter is this, that uh, Joshua (coughs) knew God's purpose. Joshua knew God's purpose. Joshua knew what God had called him to do. At the beginning uh, of his ministry, he had no doubt whatsoever about what he was charged with. It says this, after the death of Moses, the servants of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them. Joshua's purpose was to lead the people of God into the promised land. At the beginning of a new ministry, we probably all have hopes and maybe even fears about how the church will grow and develop. We hope that it will be successful. We may have fears, fears to do with uh, changes that a new minister might want to bring into the church. Uh, If we're honest, none of us like change, do we? Uh, None of us like the idea of things changing because uh, there's something comfortable, isn't there, about things remaining the same. And uh, for my family, in our life, in the last couple of weeks, everything's changed. Uh, We're living in a new house, in a a new place. Our children are attending uh, a new school and and I have a a new job. And uh, it's all change and change can be terribly unsettling. And uh, so we have hopes and, and we may have fears about what's going to happen about the future. But Joshua was also in a position of change. He'd been the assistant and now he was going to be the leader of the people. Uh, Rick Warren. Uh, He's the guy in the fancy shirt on uh, on the left. Sat next to a very dodgy looking character on on the right. When he was starting out in in his ministry at Saddleback Church, um, he says this, I remember how scared I felt after sharing the vision at the dress rehearsal service. I was overwhelmed with fear of failure. What if it doesn't happen? If the vision really was, if the vision really was from God, or was it just a wild dream of an idealistic 26 year old? And in his first sermon, he spelt out his dreams for the church. He said this, he said, it's, it's a dream of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with hundreds and thousands of people. It's a dream of welcoming 20,000 members into fellowship of our church family. It's a dream of equipping every believer for a significant ministry. It's a dream of sending out hundreds of career missionaries and church workers all around the world. And he finished by saying, I stand before you today and state in confident assurance that these dreams will become a reality. Why? Because they are inspired by God. 
He encourages people to dream big dreams. And I just want to take a moment this morning uh, to dream with you. Because I also have a dream for this place. And my dream is a dream of a place where all people will find a welcome. All people of all ages will find love and forgiveness and acceptance and encouragement. And the guidance that only Jesus can give. It's a dream of people being attracted to this church. Not by a new minister, but by the knowledge that this is a place where Jesus is. It's a dream of a church that attracts unbelievers to Christ. It's a dream of a church that helps to equip and develop every believer for the ministry that God has given them. It's a dream of helping to help people discover their gifts and abilities that God has given them for the purpose of building up his church. It's a dream of a place that is alive and vibrant, at the centre and at the heart of the local community, offering ministry and a place of refuge to the people of love. Will you dream this dream with me? So that it becomes a reality. Because this is the purpose, I believe, that God has brought us together. You see, many people think that to be successful, you have to have power and influence, wealth and talents, coupled with a relentless desire to succeed. But according to the book of Joshua, it's a bit easier than that. And this is why I've entitled the sermon, The Secret of Our Success, because I think it's here in the words of Joshua. Because in the words of Joshua, it seems to me that the success is tied up in doing what God asks Joshua to do. It seems to me that it's as simple as that. That when we discover God's purpose, and when we do what God wants us to do, and when we become the people that God wants us to be, then God brings about success in the life of the church. So Joshua knew uh, God's purposes. One of the problems that had stopped the Israelites from reaching the promised land was that they hadn't always been obedient to God. In the wilderness, they'd been going around in circles for 40 years. It may be that some of you here this morning feel that you are in the wilderness in relationship to your faith in Jesus. It may be that you feel that you're not really going where God wants you to go. Or being the people that God wants you to be. God painted a picture for Joshua of a bright and successful future. And his command to Joshua and to the people of God was this. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. So Joshua knew God's purpose. But Joshua also heard God's promises. In the, in the first chapter, we read several promises that God gave to Joshua. I will give you the land. I will give you the land. 
You see, Joshua just had to be in the right place at the right time, and God was going to give him the land. No one will be able to stand against you. No one will be able to stand against you. If you've ever been a leader of any organisation, you will know that there'll be always people who want to stand against you. Uh, God gives Joshua that promise that no one will be able to stand against him. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. God gives that promise of his presence with Joshua. And the fourth promise, you will lead these people to inherit the land. You will lead these people to inherit the land. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land as I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and courageous. Strength and courage are the uh, qualities that we need to success, to need to be successful, then uh, some of us may be already writing ourselves off. Because uh, I don't know about you, but most of the time I don't feel that strong or courageous. But you notice in that passage, I don't know if you noticed, that, that phrase to be strong and courageous is actually repeated four times. Four times in that passage... God says that Joshua and the people of God need to be strong and courageous. Perhaps one of the reasons God had to repeat that message to Joshua was because he wasn't feeling that strong or courageous. You see, Joshua was taking over the leadership from Moses. And that Moses, although he hadn't entered into the promised land... He had been Israel's, and arguably was, in the history of Israel, Israel's greatest leader. He'd been the person that brought the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. He'd been the person that had parted the Red Sea and done all those miracles. And Joshua was probably thinking, gosh, if Moses couldn't get the people into the Promised Land, what chance do I stand? You know, it's always easier... Uh, to follow somebody that's made a bit of a mess of things, rather than somebody that's been really good. I can remember when I was at college, um, <clears throat> in third year you had to do this thing called sermon class, where you had to preach a sermon in front of the whole college and all the lecturers and the principal, and, and afterwards you would go into the lecture room and they would rip you to pieces. And as the third year approached, uh, the older students made sure you knew what you were in for. And they'd tell all sorts of horror stories about one student who'd preached his sermon and walked out of the college and never come back again and never preached another sermon. And all sorts of horror stories about, uh, about what it was like. Uh, with the surname Booth, I was second up for, uh, for sermon class. Um, fortunately, there was one person that went before me. And I have to admit, and I'm ashamed to admit it, uh, as I sat there in the, in the worship area at Spurgeon's, and uh, his sermon didn't go very well, I couldn't help thinking, well, it's better following somebody that's made a bit of a hash of it than somebody that's been absolutely brilliant, because they've only got one person to compare me with, uh, and that's it. It's much easier to follow somebody uh, that hasn't made uh, a very good job of it. But that wasn't the case with Joshua. 
He was following somebody who'd been a great leader, who'd done wonderful things. And in the sense as I stand here, uh, I'm very much aware that I'm following in the footsteps of, of somebody who was a great leader, Robert. Uh, who was really uh, a, good, a good man of God, a great man of God. And uh, it's not going to be an easy job to follow somebody who's done really well. I wouldn't like to be uh, the person who has to follow, for example, Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. Imagine that. Imagine having to follow in his footsteps after all the success uh, that he has had. But it's much easier, isn't it, to follow somebody uh, that's not made a good job. And so Joshua probably wasn't feeling that strong or that courageous. He was probably terrified. He probably didn't feel up to the job. The Israelites still faced overwhelming odds. They had no chariots or horses. They had a new, untested leader and long-delayed marching orders from God. In fact, if there's a clue to how Joshua was feeling, I think it comes in verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you. You don't say people don't be terrified, unless they've got a good reason to be terrified, do you? You know, you don't say, don't be scared about this, it'll be alright, unless there's good reason uh, to be scared about something. You know, if you're going into hospital for operation, people say, oh, don't worry. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, uh, you're going to worry because, uh, you know, some surgeon's going to cut you open and it's a bit scary and a bit frightened. And if you're anything like me, uh, I faint at the sight of a needle, uh, you know. So when somebody says, you know, you don't need to be frightened, normally they're saying it because there's a jolly good reason to be frightened. And God says to uh, Joshua, you know, um, and in my version it says, don't be terrified. And terrified seems a little bit more scary than just frightened. Um, and leading the people into the promised land was going to be quite terrifying. Um, but God assures him he can be strong and courageous. Because God had promised him success. And any success that Joshua was going to experience. What I like about it is it states right at the beginning that if he was going to be successful, he was going to be successful because God had said it was going to happen. It wasn't going to be anything to do with Joshua. And I'd like to state right at the beginning of my ministry, if anything successful happens in this church, it'll probably be despite of me and not because of me. Um, and it'll be because... We've listened to God and followed what God wants us to do. Our success, the secret of our success, is wrapped up in God and in Jesus. And in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we get in line with them and do the things that God tells us to do, then we suddenly find that things start to go well. So don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Joshua heard God's promises. And then thirdly, Joshua relied on God's power. And this really is the, uh, the secret of our success. That Joshua was going to rely on God's power. 
guy called Alan Redpath writes this, The world speaks of survival of the fittest, but God gives power to the faint, and he gives might to those who have no strength. God seems to delight in choosing people who seem very, very ill-equipped for the task, and then enabling them and empowering them to be able to do the things of God. And I stand here, and I'm that person. Um, very often I do feel terrified about the things that I'm called upon to do. Um, but it is in God's strength and God's power that I find the strength to do the things that I have to do. And Joshua was going to rely on God's power. God instructs Joshua to meditate on his word night and day. Moses had given um, Israel the law. He'd received the law from, from, from God. He'd received the Ten Commandments and he'd written uh, the law. And he's accredited with writing the first five books of, of the Bible. And uh, these books uh, were handed over to Joshua. It says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it night and day so that you be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. And uh, in my ministry, that's what I'm going to be encouraging people to do. To look into God's word. Uh, to study it. To, uh, to meditate on it. To get to know it. To get to love it. So that we can discover together God's purposes. I love this in uh, Weasby's expository outlines. He says, he says this, if, if Joshua was able to conquer Canaan, having only the first five books of the Bible, how much more ought we be able to overcome now that we have a complete Bible? In other words, what he's saying is, you know, we've got much more... In terms of equipment and word from, the, from God than Joshua had. We've got the whole of the Bible, the whole of the inspiration of scripture that we can turn to, to encourage us and to strengthen us. And he's saying, look what Joshua was able to do with just five books of the law. How much more should we be able to overcome? Joshua uh, relied on God's power. There's always a danger that we look to our own abilities and strengths, isn't there? There's always a, a danger uh, that we look on what we can do rather than what God can do. But when we look to God and when we, when we look for his power and his strength in our lives, then we can be successful. But that does not mean that everything will be plain sailing. The fact that God says to Joshua, don't be terrified, don't be discouraged, as I said, does suggest that Joshua was going to have to face situations where those would be the natural feelings. I don't know if you've ever faced situations where you really have been scared. It's a picture of me uh, a few weeks ago on holiday. Um, just about to uh, wrestle an alligator. No, I'm not going to wrestle an alligator, but uh, we were given the opportunity to come and uh, sit on an alligator and have our photograph taken. Before we did it, uh, the guy standing next to me, uh, the alligator man, had taken a bit of PVC tape and, and put it around the alligator's mouth. 
And so it couldn't bite us. Just a, a thin bit of PVC tape. Um, but having watched Steve Irwin on, uh, on television, I knew a little bit about alligators and I knew they didn't keep very much to keep their mouth shut. And so I was quite happy. My two kids wouldn't go anywhere near it. But I was quite happy to, to sit on the alligator and uh, have my photograph taken. In case you haven't worked it out, this isn't a real alligator. <laughs> he said, be strong and courageous and not stupid. <laughs> you know, when we look in God's word, one of the things that we discover is what God wants us to do and also what God doesn't want us to do. I actually don't think, again, part of the secret of, of our success is that I don't actually think it's very hard to discover what God wants us to do. The difficult bit is actually doing what God wants us to do. I had no doubt if you were here yesterday and you heard the story from the church and, and my story about how I came to be here. And there was no doubt in my mind that this is where God wanted me to be. <laughs> the difficult bit was being obedient and entering into all the turmoil and upset and upheaval for the family and friends and church. In many senses, it would have been much easier for us to remain where we were. Um, but I really felt that this is what God wanted us to do. Difficulty, as I say, is not, is not really discovering what God wants us to do. It's actually putting it into practice a lot of the time. It's actually doing what God has commanded us to do. So Joshua relied on God's power. And then finally... Joshua experienced God's presence. There is that promise in that first chapter that, that God was going to be with him. And again, notice that it's repeated several times, that idea that God will be with him. We read it right at the beginning um, when he said... Um, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And it's reminiscent of something Jesus said as he was about to lead the disciples. He said, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. And again, this assurance of God's presence is repeated. And uh, I don't know about you, but I like things to be repeated. Uh, because sometimes when we hear something the first time, we don't always accept it, do we? I'm a bit like that. I like God to speak to me uh, at least three times uh, before it gets in. Maybe I'm a bit thick. Maybe a bit uh, uh, resistance to what God wants to do. But I like him to repeat it so that I know definitely that this is God. And uh, God says to Joshua, you know, I'm going to be with you. And the knowledge that God is with us gives us strength and courage that we wouldn't have on our own. It enables us to do things and to speak to people that we would never speak to on our own. Before you were being encouraged to, uh, to step out in faith and invite people to uh, the Back to Church Sunday. And I would challenge you, you know, to be strong and courageous there. And to step out and to invite people. And just think for a moment, you know, if everybody here today thought, well, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to invite one person. So back to church Sunday. 
And just say, supposing for argument's sake, um, half the people that we invited came on back to church Sunday. Imagine how many people that would be. Just because we had taken something. I'm going to be strong and courageous here. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to invite somebody along to church. Uh, and God honours us, you know, when we, when we step out in faith. And when, when we're strong and courageous. Because of that promise that we read in scripture that I will be with you. It's also interesting as, uh, as Joshua speaks to the people, I don't know if you noticed that bit at the end, I like that bit at the end, where it says in verse 16 to the end, it says, and then they answered Joshua, you know Joshua's been giving this big speech about what's going to be happening, about how they're going to be going into the promised land. And the people respond like this, they say, whatever you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. What an obedient people, what an obedient people. Uh, wouldn't it be great? <laughs> I'm thinking as a minister, if that's what the people of God were like, you know, whatever I said, they did. Whatever I sent them, they went. Well, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but the serious point is, it's not whatever the minister says. It's whatever God says. It's wherever God sends us. And I have a real sense that God wants us uh, to reach out into this community. That God wants us to impact this community with his good news about Jesus Christ. That there's a whole community of people out there that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. There's a whole community of people that are lonely, uh, that are hurting, that are frightened, that are terrified, maybe about the future. And we can do something about that. If we're strong and courageous. So as we begin this journey together, let's be excited about what God is going to do. Let's be strong and courageous as we step out in the name of Jesus. Let's not be terrified by the size of the task. Or discouraged when things don't go as well as we hoped. And let's remember that God is with us. And that God, when God is with us, that God wants his church to grow. That God wants us to be successful in the kingdom of God. I cannot do that. You cannot do that. But together with God, we can do amazing things together. It is a privilege of being part of the purpose and plan that God has for this church. And so I invite you to dream with me. To be strong and courageous. Not in our own strength, 